Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. My name is Jacob Avila and I'm joined by Cray Bolger and Michael Pratt. So the article that we're reviewing today is in the Turkish Journal of Emergency Medicine. It's published in 2018, and it's entitled The Diagnostic Accuracy of Ultrasonography in Determining the Reduction Success of Distal Radius Fractures. So this is something that, I mean, we see so much. We see it in kids. We see it in adults. The foosh, you know, that's usually the mechanism. Fall on outstretched hands. I'm actually seeing this a lot because it's been kind of like icy outside. And with this, the usual workflow is you diagnose it with an X-ray. Um, you reduce it, you maybe use the C-arm in the middle to just make sure that your alignment's good, and then you get an x-ray at the end of it to just confirm that everything's good before you discharge. And this study was trying to figure out how does ultrasound compare to x-ray in determining is that fracture, first off, is it there? And second off, has it been adequately reduced after you've done your procedure? Yeah, and the way that they did this study was interesting because like Jacob mentioned, they wanted to find out the accuracy of ultrasound in detecting a successful reduction of the distal radius fractures. So this was a single center in Turkey. This was all adult patients, which is in contrast to some of the previous literature we have on this topic, which is mostly in kids. Everyone had to have a linear distal radius fracture that was determined to require closed reduction. And this was based on an x-ray. So that means everybody that got into the study already had an x-ray. So they were not saving anybody x-rays here. They excluded people if the fracture was not linear or if they couldn't consent or if they definitely needed to get an operative reduction. So cross-sectional prospective convenient sample of patients they enrolled patients in the emergency department after they had the x-ray confirming their fracture. Everyone got a pre-reduction ultrasound performed by a single emergency medicine resident. At that point, the fracture was reduced by an orthopedic surgery resident, and then they did a post-reduction ultrasound that the orthopedic resident was blinded to. Then the patient was, they say, casted, um, so I don't know if it was a cast or splint, but anyways, they put some plaster on their arm and then they got a post-reduction x-ray. Now the main comparison they were looking at was an attending orthopedic surgeon evaluating the post-reduction x-ray to say, is this appropriately aligned or adequately aligned or not? So that was their gold standard. And they compared that to an emergency medicine attending looking at the post-reduction ultrasound and saying, does that look like it's adequately aligned or not? So that was their main comparison here. Another point is how they actually did this ultrasound. If you haven't done this before, you can take a linear probe and you're really looking at the bone cortex. Now we say one view is no view. They actually did a great job getting both the dorsal side of the radius and the lateral side of the radius. And what they were looking for is identifying that disruption in the cortex as the site of the fracture. But they went a little bit further too and looked for angulation, trying to just say, is it volar or dorsal? And they also looked for radial shortening as defined by overlapping of those edges. And ultimately, they looked to see how accurate they were at those things as well. So Craig, take us through these results. What did they end up finding? They had 60 patients enrolled. Their average age was 49, which isn't surprising. Um, 
given that this was an adult center only, primary mechanism similar to children was falling. 67% based on x-ray had successful reduction. And so then they looked at how well did ultrasound do in predicting um, reduction, angulation, presence, and overlap. So it was 97% sensitive and 95% specific for determining successful reduction. Um, performed really well for angulation, so 100%, so sensitive and specific. Fragments, not, so, not as well. Um, only 86% sensitive and 70, about 74% specific. And for radial shortening was kind of the worst where ultrasound performed, which I thought was kind of surprising. Um, I feel like with x-ray, that's where we see it fall short is in its ability to determine radial shortening where we just maybe don't see the cortical disruption might miss the shortening actually of the overlap. I thought with ultrasound, because we're looking at it in almost 3D, that we'd be able to pick that up a little bit better. Um, ultrasound reportedly had one false positive, but that's compared to x-ray which we know isn't perfect. And they thought that they explained this away by maybe the x-ray was actually wrong. And ultrasound had one false negative. So overall, did really well um, at predicting reduction, angulation, and um, maybe not as well for pieces of uh, bone, which could affect things quite a bit. Um, if you think about surgical versus non-surgical management, um, ease of reduction, if you're not picking up fragments before you try to reduce, you might have a more complicated reduction and a higher risk of neurovascular injury uh, with fragmentation of the bone. Yeah, so I agree. It looks like this is actually really accurate for determining if there's a successful reduction compared to x-ray, which I think is pretty standard in most places. So I think the question becomes then, how can you use this? It, is this enough evidence to integrate this into your practice and how? So personally, I think this is not necessarily an in-hospital application. Um, for most uh, first world hospital situations, however, I can see this being helpful on a sports field if you're trying to reduce for PMS, um, in the back of an ambulance, in an austere environment where you just need a quick answer, did I do this okay or did I make it worse? Because um, a lot of times, you know, we may think the fracture is going one way, and until they get to the hospital, we get the x-ray, we're like, ooh, we pushed that the wrong direction. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, especially on people with more redundant adipose tissue where you don't have that tactile or visual feedback as to the dir which direction the angulation is going, that's going to change how you reduce things. And in the field, you're just guessing and going with the most probable, you know, area of angulation or direction of angulation. Yeah, great point. I think that a lot of people would try to take this study and say, well, that's great. We can use ultrasound instead of x-ray, but that's actually not what this study is showing. They already had the x-rays and they were looking, using those as a standard. And although ultrasound is of comparable accuracy, I don't think that this actually is evidence that you can use ultrasound in place of x-ray. My thought process is perhaps you can use ultrasound instead of fluoro if you're using that to guide your reduction. So now picture yourself, you're, you have a sedated patient in front of you or at least analgesed patient and you are trying to reduce their forearm fracture here and you're pulling it, you're pushing it into place and you think it's in the right place and the question is do you splint it up at this point or 
do you try to confirm that you have a good reduction? And I think that's where ultrasound can be used. You can kind of look at the bone, see if it looks like the cortex is now aligned. And if it looks good, then I think you have a much higher chance of not having to redo the whole thing after you find out from x-rays that it looks terrible. Yeah, that's one that I was thinking. But I do like Cray's kind of point is that it seems like it would be most helpful in like a field type environment, um, which I hadn't really thought about. But yeah, I mean, it can be used. And, and I have actually used it myself. I mean, not frequently, but I have used it um, sometimes when there's a reduction that I don't know if it's going super well. And I don't have access to the C-arm. I'm used, I have done it with the ultrasound. And it's worked fairly well. I think another area where this might be useful is in our pediatric population. Like we're already trying to reduce their exposure to radiation. We know fluoros more radiation than plain film x-ray, and they tolerate better degrees of angulation. So even if we're maybe missing the mark a little bit with our sensitivity and specificity with that, we know they're going to tolerate it better. So we just are trying to get them in a more optimal position, not necessarily a perfect position. And for them, if we can use ultrasound to guide our reductions over... Uh, fluoro, that might be the case, or to confirm placement in a sedated patient where you don't have access to a C-arm and you would have to physically move them to a radiology suite to confirm reduction. Definitely. And we can also link to a couple articles in the show notes that are done in specifically pediatric patients that show that it is pretty successful in that case. Now, just a point that you guys touched on, I think that it's important to note that ultrasound is not the best at looking at radial shortening or some multiple fragments of fracture because those are some things that can help plan whether or not this patient will need an operative fixation. So for that reason, I think that it's still going to be important to get the x-ray at this time because especially, you know, most of the time, unless you're an orthopedic surgeon listening to this, you're not going to be the one that decides if the patient needs an operation or is going for an operation. So they're probably still going to use the x-rays because in all of their literature and history, they've used the exact angulation and the, the millimeters of shortening as indications for requiring operative repair. And ultrasound is not quite there yet where we know it can reliably reproduce that. So I think at least for the sake of determining operative planning, you probably need to get an x-ray still. I agree. I think this is your follow-up to your treatment, not your primary diagnostic for fracture. Definitely. All right. Well, let me summarize this study. This was a prospective cross-sectional study out of Turkey. They enrolled 60 adult patients with distal radius fractures, and they found that compared to x-ray, a point-of-care ultrasound had a very high specificity and sensitivity for diagnosing an adequate reduction. So take-home points from this is that point-of-care ultrasound can accurately determine the successful reduction. And secondly, that don't throw away your x-ray machine yet. The x-ray still provides valuable additional information, so you may still need it in most situations. I'd like to thank the authors for performing this great study, and thanks to you, too, for still listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. If you want to find out more, go to ultrasoundgel.org. You can also check us out on Facebook or Google+, or talk to us on Twitter, where we'd love to hear from you. Until then, talk to you later. More. For sure. More.
I bought a, uh, a mechanical standing sitting desk. Okay, hold on. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs>